0: What is up? Hello and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. Packed show to get to today. A shocker in the Buccaneers world as far as uh, another player departing the team due to a retirement. Plus tons of comments made by both Bruce Arians and Jason Light at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. We will get into all of that today uh i am the downy half of this dynamic duo i am trey Downey. you can follow me on twitter bucks nation is the third part of this you can follow them on twitter at bucks underscore nation but the martez half of this uh are we gonna call am i gonna call it a triumvirate now uh, is uh the one and only the lynn martez you can follow him on twitter at elmar 810 what's up man let's get this
1: quick done i got my combine workout still trying to get it in 225 Pow! 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 One of my
0: forties.
1: Let's do this, right, baby!
0: Right, right, right now, today. How many times could you bench two twenty five? Oh, honestly, be quite honest with you. The last time I benched, uh, actually
1: benched flat bench, barbell flat bench was probably about six years ago. Ooh. I just do dumbbells. Gotcha. It's I just I just lot. do dumbbells, but well, I go in there cold and I grab the rock size dumbbells, baby. Give me them eighties, nineties, hundreds. Put them on them shoulders, baby. Ah, 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 ah. Honestly, the last the last time I counted, two twenty, I can probably. i ain't, I'm not bragging, man. But like I said, probably back in 20 what's
0: up what's the most you probably think you could have ever done like at the your most i've ever
1: done when i've done like in one
0: setting the most i've done is
1: 20 20
0: reps Woo! see the i was uh, i was always a lower body guy I because my squat max was great but my uh nobody cares bench, about all this stuff that we're talking about right now i know my bench like my bench <laughs> max period like ever was like was like 235 or 240 i was horrible at bench even when i was lifting weights in high school football but yeah that's neither here nor there uh squat uh, i can handle all day bench not my thing but uh tons of players are going through that Remember, but you warm the bench that's where you were good at warming the bench i was actually i was really i was really good at that uh <laughs> i was not a hey, downy we need that end of the bench warm yeah. get on it
1: yes coach I-
0: I was not a college athlete like Lynn Martez was, Uh, but trust me, don't, don't, don't pump me up, bro. Lower level. Let me make it perfectly clear. D two. But let's be honest there. It's very possible that they are about to make the D one basketball tournament.
1: Who are we talking about?
0: Towson.
1: I know, but no, no, no. I'm talking about my Lock Haven days. I'm talking about oh, okay. my first two years of undergrad. Not only that, I say D two, but today we're going to talk about a guy who was an All Pro this past yep. year, won a Super Bowl ring last year, and went to Hobart College. So let's move on.
0: I've heard the name Hobart College so many times. I still probably, I still couldn't even tell you where it is. But that's where that's York, where we're going to go. That's where we're gonna go first. We're gonna talk about the surprising retirement after eight years in the league of Ali Marpet, the Bucks starting left guard. He has started every year that he's been here for this football team. When this news came out this past weekend, I was absolutely shocked. Uh Lynn, I'm gonna get your I wanna get your initial take on the news and then I wanna ask you if I were to have told you last week when we recorded this podcast that before the next time this podcast comes out, another Buccaneer is going to retire. How far would you have to get down that list before you would have gotten to Ali Marpet as your, as your uh, prediction?
1: That's a real good question. I, I, I'll, I'll give you this with an asterisk ne- next to it. Being around that football team, as you know this, when we've covered it on a daily basis. When you're around that football team, you hear a lot of things, and and not so much that you're you're like, cut to the wall type stuff, just things in regards to that everyone else is not exposed to, even if we are on the outside and still covering a team like we do now, right? Mm-hmm. We 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 read stuff, we we go online, we talk to people, whatever it is. But I mean, not... let's be
0: honest, no one's even no one's in the locker room yet. So hopefully that'll change this Correct. season, but.
1: But when we were in there, pre-pandemic, we heard things, and we and we heard things again, just f- from being in the building, whether it's whether it's a vibe, or whether you actually hear things that are solid and concrete. So if you ask me that question, like you just said, in regards to how far down the line I'd have to get to Marpet before I'd say he'd be the guy that I guess was going to retire. I would tell you, if I was around that football team, where he lands on my list is different than being on the outside. Mm. For instance, it probably doesn't shock the people that cover that team on a regular basis, even though they're not inside that building, as much as it it shocked you and I and probably thousands and thousands of fans. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because if you are the people that cover the team on a, on a regular basis, whether you're Rick Stroud, shout out Tampa Bay Times, Mount, Mount Westmore covering the Buccaneers, Scott Reynolds, same thing, Peter Report, shout out, Mount Westmore, Greg Almond, Athletic, Jenna Lane, I can run them down all to you, right? And you know this from being around and covering that team pre-pandemic, those guys are in that locker room and they do one-on-ones with players and they and they have a relationship with players Mm -hmm. and 74 is one of the cooler more laid back guys in that locker room
0: very approachable
1: extremely approachable and with that i say that because on my list he may be further down than he is on those guys list because they have that relationship with ali marpet and alan marpet may have actually Maybe not said it out loud, but at least alluded to the, the fact that, hey, you know, another injury, another concussion. How much longer am I going to be able to do this? And that kind of stuff. And then that, again, that changes where he falls on your list in regards to your question, how far down would I get, would it be before I got to Ali Marpet? Honestly, if you want to tell me who's on the top of the list,
0: it's probably one of the D linemen.
1: Or, or probably I guess too.
0: Or Gronk, I guess, because Gronk hasn't yeah, officially announced. Yeah, but, so. but
1: I, I'm thinking in terms of, I, I, yeah, you're right. But I'm thinking in terms of like, you know,
0: one of the top. Those are the top three, Gronk, Sue, and JPP. And Sue and JPP, we know the answer. We'll get to that with Bruce Arians' combine comments a little later. But yeah, I'm with you on that.
1: Yeah. So, I, I mean, those those are the guys that I would I would put on top of my list. And honestly, you know, if I made my list last week, without knowing the things that, I, as I mentioned earlier, in regards to, you know, stepping away from the game because he, want, he wants his health and God bless him. It's his choice. It's his body. It's his mind. He's made money. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He made the Pro Bowl. I mean, Ali's accomplished a whole lot of things from being where he went to college up in upstate New York at Hobart College. So, you know, God bless him. But he'd probably be like somewhere in, the, in like the 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 lower bottom ten for me, like somewhere around eight or nine to ten, somewhere around there. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't think of like I wouldn't, I would keep going down and down further down. The guy's twenty eight years old.
0: Yep. You know, it doesn't yeah, happen. It doesn't happen. Definitely a shocker, and it's ironic that we were talking. Last week or the week before we were talking about some of these early retirements like Patrick Willis and. Talked and, about Willis. And things like that. Yeah. yeah we, we, we talked
1: about Willis. We, we you know, when you throw out Keekly, you talk about, you can talk about luck and you know, those guys deciding to walk away from the football game.
0: Yeah. Um, definitely a shocker. Before we get into how this impacts the rest of the off season, we certainly talked about the Bucks offensive line. And now the only two offensive linemen that they have coming back are the tackles, but I just want to talk about Ali just a little bit more, and I want to ask you if you have a memory that sticks out for Ali Marpet. Because for me, it was when he came in as a rookie, and Dirt Cutter and the rest of that coaching staff and that offensive line room and stuff—they were putting him in head-to-head drills with Gerald McCoy. And this was when those guys would come; the coaches would come to the press conference after training camp, and they would say, "Gerald just wrecked practice that day." But Gerald was always very very impressed with Allie from day one and talked about how he was giving him battle. And Allie was net Allie kind of relished in it that he was getting that kind of experience early on. And this guy came in and started pretty much from day one, Did Marpet. And those were the early things to me. Like, okay, this guy's coming in from Hobart College. I mean, you obviously a freak there down in D3 but let's throw you in with the elite and see if you can really hang in the NFL. The Bucs did that instantly by putting him against an all-pro defensive lineman in, in training camp, and he excelled. And that was the first notion to me of, like, he's hanging with Gerald McCoy here in camp. Bucks might have something in this guy.
1: Well, your notion came early. My my experience and, and what sticks out for me is not so much a, a particular circumstance or instance, but it's just again, we alluded to it earlier, you know, when he spoke to the media, how, how approachable he was and how candid he was in his answers t- to us. And let's face it, it's not always that way, man. It's just not, you know? And and to to be able to, to cover a team on a regular basis, as I did with the Buccaneers here, and to have guys like him, I mean, he, if you start asking me who are the more approachable guys in that locker room, the time that I spent there, he's easily top five. Yeah. He, he's easily top five and, and not only just approachable, but he was quick witted, uh, honest. I mean, all things that you would want from somebody when you, do the job that we did inside that locker room and, and the, the guys that I mentioned earlier, that's still do, doing a job around that football team, although it's done through zoom. Now, you know, he was one of the better guys to, again to, to spend time with, and, and to be able to spend whether it be 10, 12 minutes in a group setting or just a one-on-one. So, and I, I honestly think one of the things that sticks out for me too, was the relationship he had with, the guy on his on his left at left tackle, Donovan yeah. Smith. Those guys were inseparable, and you know to have those guys have the success they had over the last two years, after all that went on. Prior to winning a playoff game, winning another playoff game, winning an NFC Championship, then actually winning a Super Bowl. You know, there was a lot of grief going on, and, and you know especially on that offensive line there was there was a lot of talk about you know we can go back to the quarterback play prior to when Tom Brady got here and for all the shortcomings of the quarterback play the offensive line got a lot of blame for
0: especially especially Donovan and Ali was always his biggest supporter one of his biggest supporters and, and and
1: it worked both ways too because when we did get a chance to talk to Donovan Smith he, he was glowing about his relationship with Allie. and he, you know he joked around and and uh you know some of the things that sticks out to me in uh, some of the comments is you know they go to a steakhouse and tear it up but that's what old Lyman do man that's yeah. what they do so and you know it's it's weird that you hear about a guy who's 28 years old who's walking away from the game but people don't think in terms of and I'm talking when I say people I mean fans I mean media whomever it is. You don't play this game and you don't realize when you play particular positions, especially on the defensive and offensive line, there's a lot required of you from a physical standpoint. I'm not talking about Sundays and I'm not even talking about prep Monday through Saturday. I am talking about staying above a certain weight so you can play that level of football.
0: Look at the difference in these guys' physiques when they when they leave. These these O-line. All you've got to do is turn
1: on TV, man. Yeah. Look at ESPN. Look at Jeff Saturday. All right. Look
0: at I mean look at Joe Thomas.
1: Joe Thomas the same thing. I mean is that I can run him down to you, dude. Nick Mango, the Jets, all of a sudden he fits in the back of a trunk of, on a commercial. Uh why don't know, one of them one of them uh crazy bud... Seltzer commercials. Mango's in one of them because he lost a bunch of weight. He's a 300 pounder. Okay. Nick Hardwick, who played for the, the then San Diego Chargers, their center, over 300 pounds. That guy weighs what I weigh now, 220. Okay. There's a certain requirement to play the game at this level when you play D and offensive line. And that's one of the reasons, you know, some guys walk away the way Allie is now.
0: Now, Ali wasn't the, isn't the, isn't the biggest name on a national level, but you mentioned how good he was with the media. I don't know what Ali wants to do, but I think he would be phenomenal if he wants to get in, into, into a media role. I think he, I think he would excel at it. Well, here's the thing. Okay. The last two years, like it's done for a lot of people
1: that are at the Advent health training center. I mean, on that football team. All right. What the last two years has done has put Ali Marpet on the map. Super Bowl winning quarterback, part of that Super Bowl, Super Bowl winning offensive line that protected that quarterback. All right. And the following year makes a Pro Bowl. I mean, that you, you start checking boxes off, dude. And you yeah. can walk into and you can walk into any media room when it comes to executive sitting there and you can sit across from them and say, I got one of these and guess who I blocked for? I blocked for who Tom Brady where in Tampa. Okay. Jeff Saturday wasn't a household name. Jeff Saturday became a household name. Why? A
0: little, a little bit more than Allie, I'd say.
1: Yeah. Because of who he yeah. blocked for and how majority,
0: long yeah. the
1: majority of his career. Yeah. Ali did it for two years, but in two years he took two things that every guy wants: Wing, Pro Bowl. boom, check, check. Okay, and not only that. Again, you walk inside that room. First off, his name is Ali. Come on, man, yeah. Ali. All
0: right, yeah. that's a
1: that's a that, you know that's, that's a that's not, that's not a unique name to yep. be to be able to say yeah. You know, I'm sitting across from Ali we're talking football. He's gonna be your analyst today. Boom. That's number one. Number two is. His personality in itself. I mm-hmm. like I said, he's quick witted. He's gonna be honest. He's gonna be, he's gonna be all the things you want from an analyst. Now, whether or not he wants to do it or not is one thing. But if he if he decided to do it and put the time into it, the same way he excelled from Hobart College into the NFL, he would do it inside the booth or, or on TV breaking down games, dude. Same way. I mean, come on, David Deal. Yeah, okay. I, I can run down names for you, yeah. you, you want? You want to? You want no, to talk about it. it? Just keep Just going. Saturday. Just, just Saturday. You know, kind of know how hustle, Nate. I can run down names for you, dude. No, I'm it, with you. I'm I, with you. He, that, my man could be sitting on an NFL network next year.
0: It's, ve- it's very rare that you have an offensive lineman who is somewhat of a household name, and I'd say Saturday and maybe Joe Thomas are the only guys that have kind of accomplished that in recent memory, and bo- and look at where the, both of them are okay. right now.
1: Okay, and and, you're, and, and and rightfully so. One guy's a Hall of Famer, okay? And, the and one other, guy's going to be. No, I'm saying one guy Man. is Thomas, yeah. and one guy's going to be, and Saturday is a guy that block for two hall of fame quarterbacks. Yep. Two Super Bowl hall of fame quarterbacks. Okay? So Ali's fine, baby. If he wants yes. if he if like I said, if he wants to if he wants to make that phone call, if he wants to have an agent call for him say uh, you know, let's get a let's get in touch with some media executives, see if I can get a gig. I'm sure he'll get one.
0: All right, now let's talk about how this impacts the Bucks moving forward. As I said, the only uh, members of the Bucks' starting offensive line that are under contract for the 2022 season are Donovan Smith at left tackle and Tristan Wirfs at right tackle. The interior of that offensive line is completely up in the air because Marpet's retiring, Ryan Jensen is a free agent, and Alex Kappa, the right guard, is also a free agent. Last week, we were talking about the franchise tag and where they would go. You mentioned Ryan Jensen, and I didn't think so. I thought Jensen was likely to walk and that they would place the franchise tag on Carlton Davis. Now, Jason Light has made some comments, maybe alluding to a franchise tag on Davis this week, but I think it is an imperative now that you bring back a Jensen with the fact that Marpet is gone. The Bucks have some interesting options. You know, you got a Robert Hainsey from Notre Dame, like we talked about last week. Aaron Stinney, who stepped in and played uh, for Alex Kappa when Alex Kappa was hurt during that Super Bowl run. That's a guy that you could probably plug in there as well. But I don't think you want to go into 2022 with three new interior offensive line starters for the Buccaneers.
1: Well, last week when I mentioned the fact that they may, in all likelihood in my eyes, the guy they put the tag on would be Jensen. of the reasons we mentioned in regards to the offensive line and the fact that they could potentially lose one besides jensen (laughs) i wasn't talking about ali marpet yeah we were talking about alex capper and the fact that if they lost kappa they would want to keep one of the two right you lose capital okay you, you you keep jensen and i said the fact that that had an effect on whether or not you want to go out and keep a guy who's thirty years old and and who's probably on the the second half of his career, although he is a Pro Bowl player and Ryan Jensen. But now, even more so than I said last week, you got to keep Jensen, dude. You have to keep Jensen because without him, then you're talking about just having your bookends. You're not guaranteed to keep Kappa more pets leaving and if you don't keep Jensen you got your bookends you got Smith yeah. and you got worse and that's it and and we can talk about all the things you want to talk about we can talk about the running back position we can talk about wide receivers we can talk about cornerback. all those things those things don't work without the O-line and without continuity on an O-line it won't work either and if you're talking about replacing three of 5? Oh hell no, dude. No. I mean, you look at teams that want to upgrade their offensive line, they make one, potentially two changes on the offensive line. Right? We can talk about the Bengals. We can talk about Kansas City right. last year, right? The whipping they took in the in the Super Bowl last year against the Bucks. What did they do? They went out and got Orlando Brown, they replaced Another guy. I mean, you make two changes, but that's willingly. That's because you want to make those changes for an upgrade. Here, you have a situation where two guys are free agents. One guy retires. You don't want. You don't. You don't want to make these changes. So, if you have a choice, you have a choice in not making these changes. You at least gotta have three of your five returning. And then you replace the guards, man. You gotta bring back Jensen. Have to.
0: Now let's talk about the rest of the some of the rest of the comments that were made this weekend in term or this week in terms of the Bucks and, and their future. I want to close with the quarterback conversation uh, because because there's a there's a lot there. But uh let's start with the defensive lineman because we've already mentioned that. Bruce Arians and speak in speaking to the media mentioned that he has heard from both Jason Pierre Paul and Ndamba Sue that they are both planning to play in the 2022 season. Last week I asked you how aggressive the Bucks would be in trying to bring those guys back and you said the first question had to be if they're going to play. We have that ans- answer now. How I'm going to pose the same question to you. How aggressive are the Bucks going to be in bring those bringing those guys back and where are they at in the in the hierarchy of uh free agency because now they they've got to focus on the offensive line according to scott reynolds of pewter report uh he's reported that a deal with chris godwin looks like it's going to get done uh carlton davis i think is important too uh it's going to be very interesting to see how this uh d line shakes out if you're asking me i think the bucks would be better off working on sue to get him back simply because you just have more depth at the outside linebacker position with the emergence of uh Joe Tryon, Shoinka, and Anthony Nelson there. Uh, that's just my opinion on that. You'd love to have both back, but I think Sue might be the one that is more important next year. No, that makes sense. And what
1: you have to think in terms of let's just take let's take the last two years. Take a take a big enough sample size over the last two years. And as much as I love 90. JPP as much as I love it, take the last two years and think some turn think in terms of which one of the two were you able to play without Man. yeah and one guy one guy didn't miss any time bro 93 didn't didn't miss any time and because of that, because he's shown you that if you go out and give him another year in 2022 and he comes back and wants to play for you, he's going to be there. He's going to play. But on the flip side, if you talk about the other guy, Jason Pierre uh, P- Paul, a number 90, you're not guaranteed that he's going to give you more than eight games, 10 games, 12 games, 16 games, 17 games. Things happen. I'm not telling you. And Dominican Sioux is guaranteed to give you 17 plus a playoff run. I'm not telling you that. But based off the sample size over the last two years, he's more likely than the other guy. And because of that, and because of, you mentioned, the depth in one position as opposed to the lack of depth in the other, then yeah. And Dominican Sue is the guy, if you have to choose one, you bring back Sue and you make sure that you do. See what i did there you bring back sue and make sure that you do
0: all right buccaneer john <laughs> yeah. don't ever do that again this podcast will be over and dominican sue how do you do even though he probably i i don't it was more like indominus sue how do you do don't ever compare me to him again
1: again like i said you bring back sue and 90 i mean He's been playing for
0: $10, $12
1: million. What's he going to want to play for in in 22?
0: Outside linebackers and pass rushers are naturally going to command a higher price tag than interior defensive. But there
1: also has to be a market for him to to decide that, you know, that he wants that type of money, too. He may want 10, but the market may be five. And he may decide, you know what, I'll take the five to come back here and be, you know, a, a... Rotational player because at this point that's what he might end up being anyway. As much as he as much as he came here, because the year he came here, he was one of those 90-92 players where he played, he played 90-92 of the downs. Okay, that's not that guy anymore. You can't
0: rely on him to do that because he just can't stay healthy. Now, I wouldn't be completely shocked if both of those guys are gone simply because of the fact that look at that secondary, man. And if you listen to what Jason Light said at the combine this week, his comments on Carlton Davis and Jordan Whitehead, I think especially with a Godwin deal looking like it's uh, like it's going to happen. I think the next two things on Jason Light's checklist are Whitehead and Davis, Especially, he even spoke more glowingly to me about Whitehead than he did Davis this week. Yeah. Based off of, you know, recency
1: what we watched, right? The playoff games that 33 played. He looked good, man. Mm-hmm. He he may, he may have been the best player on the defense in those two playoff games, dude. He was playing out his mind. And not that it surprised me because I always knew he was that type of guy. Downhill coming in, coming in, filling, filling up holes, man, and just doing a lot of things. Defensively, but you know, he sparked that defense from the safety position. But when it comes to you know that secondary, it's him and it's Davis. And everybody else, you know, has to fall back in line because think about it. Who were the two guys that played the most this past year? I know Davis got hurt, right? Davis got hurt, but eventually he ended up playing more than. Sean Murphy Bunting, who got hurt week one against Dallas. And Jamel Dean was in and out of the lineup frequently. Yep. Uh, and, and 33 was out there, dude. And when it came, when it comes to the corners,
0: Carlton, for the most part, was too. And he's still the number one corner on this team. Uh, maybe he's not; he hasn't ascended to that level of a lockdown corner, but he's the closest thing that the Bucks have to that on their – on their roster currently. So I think both of those guys are very important to bring back, especially because, I mean, look back before the these guys were drafted. Every year we were talking about going into free agency. The Bucs need to improve the secondary. Bucks need to improve the secondary. Bucks need to improve the secondary. Jason Light stayed true to the fact that he was gonna try and build this secondary through the draft and it's worked. Now you have to pay these guys that, that you drafted. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, let's talk about the comments that Bruce Arians made in terms of two positions on the offensive side of the ball that the Bucs are definitely going to be looking at this offseason because they have two free agents at tight end, and then Leonard Fournette is a free agent at running back as well, and Bruce Arians made some interesting comments in terms of what the Bucks are looking for in those positions, and both revolved around blocking. He said at tight end that blocking is first and foremost for him. And the one that we have, the one that the Bucks have under contract in Cam Brate is not your best blocker. Good pass catcher, good guy to find on third down or in the red zone. But when you talk about Cam Brate, blocking is not the first thing you're going to bring up. And then he brought up at running back, they're looking for a pass blocker. And look at the guys that the Bucs have under contract right now. Ronald Jones, first thing you're <clears throat> going to bring up about <clears throat> Ronald Jones <clears> throat> throat> is not his pass blocking. So. Whether it's in the draft or they look around in free agency, based on Bruce's uh, Bruce's comments, those are definitely two positions. The Bucks are not just going to stand pat with Cam Bray and with Ronald Jones, in my opinion. No, he's yelling help. Help!
1: Help! That's what he's doing.
0: <laughs>
1: Last week I told you about ELO, saying Bruce don't bring me down. Well, this week, I'm telling you about the Beatles. Help, I need somebody. See, I know that song initially, and I know know who the Beatles are. Yeah, good, good for you. You know who the Beatles are. Great, great. You're a great American. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, I need somebody who can block. Yes, that's what Bruce needs, and... You know, I, I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not going to go down the road to 27 on you. I was going to get. I was going to get in on 27 and say the fact that by now we should we should be able to see him doing the things that are required for a three down back in the NFL. But
0: I'm not going to do that. I just did <laughs> last year. Last year was the year it needed to happen. And <laughs> whatever, I, dude, I'm over it. I, people, I'm over it. But people who people who listen to this co- podcast know how I felt. About Ronald Jones going into the season, and yeah, he's, he, just one like, of the, he's just one of the ten things you got wrong. It's okay, it's all right. Calls all right, so so Calls so they're definitely they're definitely going to be they're, def- they're definitely going to be looking it's at <laughs> Those positions in the draft, I think, because simply, simply put, the Bucks are in the greatest of cap positions, and you've got a, a lot of guys that are free agents that are going to command top dollar and according to our crew a Bucks Nation who are out there at the NFL Combine they've been meeting with a lot of tight ends this week and most one of the most recent rock mock drafts that I saw had the Bucks taking Kenneth Walker the running back from Michigan State in the second round who was a Heisman Trophy front runner for the majority of the season and if you can get him towards the end of the second round man I think that would be a slam dunk pick for the Bucks it's it's too early to get too far into that but I think that running back and tight end i think the bucks are going to be taking at least one of each in in this year's draft i don't know if they're taking them at 26 depends on what happens with uh with the offensive line and receiver situations but tight end and running back are going to be big positions of focus for the bucks in the middle rounds in my opinion best available you want to know why because you can't draft
1: for need you want to know why because you got a lot of needs so, get crazy.
0: Best, so, get crazy. the best available. Comparing, comparing last year when we were talking about going into the draft, that it was basically you draft, you're going to draft best available because you don't really have any needs. Uh, yeah. You're just drafting for luxury. Yeah. This year is completely different. It, no, no. This year is different, but it's also the same. Best
1: available. Why? Best available that fits the one of many needs that you have. So if the best available happens to be a tight end, pluck them. If the best available happens to be a running back, pluck them. If the best available happens to be an offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman, pluck them. If it happens to be a defensive lineman, pluck them. You got all those needs, dude. You got all those needs. Anywhere else? Anywhere else? Because if Scott... Linebacker and if secondary Scott, if, if Scott Reynolds, saved. If Scott Reynolds is right... Okay, then wide receiver is probably off the board when it comes to drafting one in the first round because you got all those other needs I mentioned. Best available, tight end, running back, defensive lineman, offensive lineman. Get those the Bucks, needs taken care of.
0: And the Bucs met with an interesting wide receiver today, Chris Olave from Ohio State. They met with him at the Combine. I know teams meet with a ton of players at the Combine, but that's definitely uh, one of the better receivers in this year's draft. But I agree with you. If they bring Godwin back they're not picking a receiver in the first round simply be, simply because of need. Uh now I said I said I was going to say that let's talk about the quarterback position because there were comments made by both Bruce Arians and Jason Light on a ton of topics that we've talked about over the past couple of weeks. Start with Kyle Trask. Bruce Arians says that there there's ah. a good there's a good chance that Kyle Trask could be the starter for this football team. He says that, but he also doubles down on his comments that you brought up last week that he would be good to go with Blaine Gabbert. The other interesting quarterback comment from Bruce Arians: He was asked if the if he would be interested in bringing back Jameis Winston. He said that he would not be against it, but he doesn't think that it's the best thing for Jameis. To me, I I just based on I was already against it because the world knows how I feel about Jameis. But based on the Bruce's comments,
1: the world knows why. Because your world, because you're the voice of the world.
0: The the the, the world <laughs> of our podcast listeners the knows world, how I feel. The world knows Trey Downey. I've said that so many times as we've gone through this podcast, and that's the first time you've ever called me out about it. <laughs> just just a just a footnote there. But uh, it's the I, first time I'm paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So go on. Go on, I, world. <laughs> I definitely – my my worries that it would actually happen have been quelled a little bit based on Bruce Arians' comments. I don't think it's going to happen. He was being
1: polite, dude. He was being polite.
0: Yeah, he, wouldn't he, be, he wouldn't
1: be against it. You know what? Okay. <laughs> hey, I'll, hey, I'll give you an example. <laughs> Let me I'm, wait, you, I'm you. ready Let me for me it. Example, this okay? Let me give you an example, okay? Let me give you an example. One of my buddies runs into an old girlfriend of mine, an ex. And he, <laughs> sa- he says to her, Hey, uh, you know, Lenny's still single. Would you be interested in dating him again? And she says to her, one of my buddies, Well, I wouldn't be against it, but it's probably not the best thing for Len. You know what she's saying? I don't want to eh. I don't want crap to do with Lenny. That's what she's saying. I don't want a damn thing to do, with Lenny. She's just not doing it in terms of embarrassing me in front of my friend. She's letting you down easy. And that's exactly what Bruce Arians did. He, yeah, I wouldn't be against it. That's not a glowing endorsement of wanting somebody to play for you. Who, like, what, like, what person... Who hears that about them is going to be like, oh, great. Let me get on the phone and call them up. Oh, great. Let me call my ex up. She says she wouldn't be against it. What the? Girl, I'm not calling you if you say that about me. I wouldn't be against it. That's, that's the best thing you could say about me. <laughs> I wouldn't be against it. Can like, we? Can- all the time that we spend together. We spent five years together. I threw for 30 touchdowns. I threw for five thousand yards, and the best thing you could say about me is, "eh." I wouldn't be against it. <laughs> I'm not, If I'm Jameis, I'm like, beat it, Bruce. And as I don't far think as it... Bruce is concerned, Bruce was just being nice.
0: Can we official? Can we officially knock him off the list of possibilities?
1: Hell yeah, yeah.
0: Based off based off of that
1: comment, come on, man.
0: All right, now let's 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 dig in. What what are you taking from the comments, the doubling down on Gabbard again, the trash comments, and then the fact that Bruce did mention a trade, but he's like there's got to be a trade partner and is that Bruce kind of angling? Is that him negotiating in public? Have there been negotiate negotiations and teams are just asking for too much? Just what are your take on the rest of those? Comments as far as options for the Bucks and quarterback in twenty twenty-two. Exactly
1: that. They're options, but option number one is whoever's behind door number three, because one is Gabbett, two is Trask, and three is four or five potential quarterbacks. And you know what? Three with those four or five potential quarterbacks is better than door number one is better than door number two
0: say whatever you want right now today do you think based on the comments made do you think it's more likely more likely than you originally thought that trask has a chance to start no No? neither one neither one i'm with you on gabbard i think trask is possible negative
1: I'm, i'm gonna tell you again (laughs) <laughs> so you I'm
0: not the most, I'm not, I'm not saying Kyle Trask. It's not a matter. Starter, it's not a matter. It's not, a, but I'm just, no. I'm just saying like, it's not I a my, think It's Ola- where
1: this, it's no, it's where this team and where this head coach is. It's got nothing to, it's got nothing to do with trash for the most part from this standpoint. If he was ready. To take the reins for a head coach who's on a one or two years max. That's it. So you're telling me one or two years max, and you want to keep throwing Kyle Trask at me. One or two years max, and, and you want to tell me that Bruce in his last year or his second to last year, his last two years, he's going to be coaching Kyle Trask, who's never started an NFL game. Dude, that's not happening. That's not happening, and so if it does, did, and if it does, so happen, why did they draft I will, him? I, you can go there if you want. You draft them because you don't know what he is until you get him in your building and you and you get him prepared. Okay. okay, that's why you draft him. That's why. I'm with you. That's number one. Number two is, I'll tell you. I will tell you again. Bruce is not going out his last year or second to last year with Kyle Trask as his quarterback, okay? And, and if Kyle Trask is the a, is a starting quarterback in September, the first game of the year, I will come find a crow. I'll eat as much crow as you can put in front of me. I will eat all the crow in goddamn St. Pete, okay? It ain't happening. That dude is not going to be the starting quarterback. I don't, and, and listen, if you disagree with me, whether you're another podcaster on this network, on this Bucks Nation, God bless you. It ain't happening. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. You can write as many articles as you want on Bucks Nation, and 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 hugs and kisses to all to all my to all my buddies from the media that cover the Bucks. But if they're writing the same stuff, they know better than that. Bruce is not going out as last year every year. What do we got to do at the end of the year? What do we have to do? Bruce, you're coming back. Bruce, you're coming back. Bruce, you're coming back? We do that every year. So you're telling me, we're going to ask Bruce. Bruce, you're coming back? At the end of 2021, and he has to answer, yeah, I'm coming back for 2022. Yeah, I'm coming back for 2022. Do you still think... And you don't hear anything else after that. You think the last year that he coaches in the NFL is going to be with Kyle
0: Trask, who's never played an NFL game? Come on. Do you still think it do you still think it's a given that Bruce Arians is the coach of this football team come opening day? Oh, you, you think he could be gone? Like he could walk away. I, I mean, it would be a bad look, but depending I think on how, gonna, I would think if he was, but depending do, on how ready. this free agency kind of no,
1: shapes I, up, no, that, that would be, a, that would be an extremely bad look. I would say if he, if he was going to walk away, he would have done it by now. If you're going to, what you're going to actually put the team together. And then walk away? No, that. Woo! Uh, you know what? I love me some Bruce. Uh, yeah, that's not like Bruce Springsteen. I love me some Bruce.
0: Yeah, Bruce.
1: I love me some Bruce. But if Bruce walked away in that fashion, as you just mentioned, after they put this team together for 2022 and they put this roster together, and he walks away from not only his football team but his coaching staff, oh, he lose some point. He lose some major points for me. Yeah. Two last th- unless, unless there
0: was a there was a health reason why. So two last two last things as far as how the combine has gone and comments that have been made. One involves possible quarterback from the Bucks, the Falcons. Their head coach and their GM speaking to the media this week left the door pretty wide open in terms of a possible Matt Ryan trade. Now that would look different than if they were to have cut him and the Bucs were able to sign him that way. We've talked a lot about option number two, option number three. I've said that I don't know if a trade is possible simply because I don't 100% know how that would work under the cap and how much the Falcons would take versus how much the Bucks would take because he has the highest cap hit in the NFL for this coming season. But it was interesting to me that that I mean, they Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith spoke glowingly of Ryan, said he's got a lot of good football in front of him, but then also said at the back end, Hey, if somebody calls about Matt Ryan, we're still gonna listen. So, we talked about all these quarterbacks possibly on the move. I think that Matt Ryan, me throwing him out there at the beginning of this situation, was a little bit pie in the sky. I think right now you definitely have to include him especially when we're looking at scenarios in Green Bay and Seattle where it it's starting to look more likely like both of those guys can stay. You better have a plan. That's all I'll say. I'm not talking about
1: the team that picks up Matt Ryan. I'm talking about the team that lets him go. You better have a plan.
0: You better have a plan. If the Bucks call, what do you think if the Bucks call the Falcons to talk about Matt Ryan? What do you, especially because it's an interdivision thing, what do you think the price tag is? What do you think Atlanta, what do you think it would take for the Bucks to get Matt Ryan in a trade? Multiple first round picks still? No, no, no. no At no. least one though, right? You think? The
1: only reason why I think Atlanta's justified asking for one, because of the huge cap hit they're taking if they trade them. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> I'll bring him <them> up again. <laughs> look at Carson Wentz, right? He went, he went for a conditional one. And, you know, based off of his performance- How much he played, yeah. Yeah, his performance last year, you know, I would say that Matt Ryan's a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. But the issue is, again, if you're the Falcons, are you willing to take that cap hit? And if you are, then you better get a one back. You better get a one back for a player who you're willing to take that cap hit for. And you better have a plan. Before you let that man go, you better... Have a plan. You can't take a $40 million cap hit, dude, even if you get a first-round pick for the guy, and not have a solution to how you're going to play quarterback for 2022.
0: If they are truly open to trading him, and Wilson and Rodgers stay with their current situations, he's got to be the most attractive option, right? To me, for a team that's close to winning... And- to- I mean, based, yeah. because of other the money? than other than uh, the money, the money is an issue. But I mean, Garoppolo wins, no dude. There's no butt. I'll take Car before I take him. Okay, Car. I wasn't including Car in it. Car, Car. I'm with you on, but then, but I think other than your your Wince's, your Garoppolo's, your Kirk Cousins, who also involves uh, a huge cap hit there, maybe even maybe even a little more attractive than a Deshaun Watson, just because of the uncertainty sur- surrounding Watson. I think that he becomes one of those marquee guys. If uh, Rogers and Wilson are going to stay with their current team. I mean, you want to talk to me in 2022 when the, the money's not that big of an issue.
1: That's fine. But right now I'm sorry, 2023 mm-hmm. when the, when the money's not that big of an issue, that's fine. Talk to me in a year from now, but this year, that's crazy for a team to, to take that cat hit.
0: <laughs> i mean they wouldn't have to take all of it it would be split with the falcons I honest, part of it. No, i'm talking about the falcons in itself oh, okay, i'm talking about okay, the falcons gotcha, taking that gotcha, cat hit, gotcha and
1: losing their quarterback for for the box it's fine take you know you get you get a starting quarterback in the league you solve your quarterback problem i'm not talking Former about the mvp Bucs. yeah i'm not talking about the box i'm talking yeah. about I mean, literally, he probably would be the the best quarterback in the division, right? Just He already is. A, no, right I'm saying now. just on a different team now. Yeah. But if I'm the Falcons, why would, again, I'll say it again.
0: You better have a solution at quarterback if you're going to take that huge cap hit and get rid of that guy. The other name that has been brought up in trade talks, not a quarterback, and I'm not – uh Assigning this guy to to the Bucks, I don't think the Bucks are going to trade for a running back, but reports are that Saquon Barkley, that the Giants could be open for business in terms of in terms of him. Now, he's had trouble staying healthy, but when he's been on the field, uh, last year his production went down, but he's shown flashes of that guy that everybody was pegging as you know a a Pro Bowl running back every year coming out of Penn State. Are you surprised? that these reports are coming out, that the giants are open to trading Saquon and do you ultimately think he gets dealt? I'm not surprised. Dude, Devontae
1: uh, Devontae Booker had as many yards, actually had more yards than Saquon had in less carries. And you wanna talk to me about Saquon Barkley who again, would be making a ton of money and, and <laughs> was second on his own team in rushing yards. And we can talk about him being banged up, but that's on, you know, some of that's on him too. If he can't stay healthy, some of that's on him. I will give him, I'll give him this, that offensive line for the most part of his time in New York has been atrocious. It's been horrible. It's been horrible. And it's part of the reason why Barkley and Jones continue to, not be healthy spend more time in in the tub than they do on the field but still with that I just mentioned the backup running back gaining more yards than the guy that was drafted number two who was supposed to be wearing a gold jacket according to the former general manager all right now this general manager Joe Joe Sean whatever his name is uh is talking in terms of yeah, we're open for business, and you know what? That's the smart thing to do, because you open you open the conversation like that, and you find out what the value is for that running back. And if it's something you like, great. If it's not, then he stays on your football on your football team in twenty six. wears a uniform for you? And you decide how you're gonna get him to be productive on your football team. But initially, saying you're open for business? Yeah, because if somebody's stupid enough to give you a number two for him and take him off your hands, bye. Wow. Bye.
0: That's what you're with. Wow. I'll take a two for him.
1: You're talking about Kenny Walker going going in the second round, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. You take the yeah, I could see you taking that saying straight up Kenny Walker. Telling for, I'm yeah.
1: just I'm just telling you. You're telling me Kenny Walker's Kenny Walker is is being projected to go in the second round, right? Okay. Late
0: in the second round.
1: Okay, well, I get it. I get a 21-year-old guy who's coming into the league as opposed to a guy that I've already seen playing this league who does more east-west than north-south.
0: Bye. Well, that's what I'm about to tell everyone. I'm about to tell everyone, bye. Because that's going to do it. What? We're not going
1: to talk about all these guys signing big contracts in, in the media? Oh, man. You're the guy that brought it up last week. Oh,
0: Two weeks ago, I it's it's, it's it is it is such an interesting, such an interesting ah! landscape, especially with the possible ah! Joe buck domino still still to fall. Ah! I, I want to one see domino's some already, comp- one domino's already given it to fall, The Aikman one yeah that's right that's yeah no no, no but but now. Na- that that's huge, but I was already pegging Aikman as being gone from Fox, whether that was Amazon or ESPN, we didn't know. Now it's going to be now it's going to be ESPN. Oh uh, yeah, it, it,
1: a lot of folks didn't have him go didn't have him going to ESPN, dude, and, and taking over Monday Night Football.
0: Amazon was the more likely one Amazon- because Al Michaels wanted him to, and now it's interesting that Amazon is closing in on Kirk Herb Street. Which I think is going to happen, and I'll tell you why. Because the interesting thing in all of that, so in now doing you want to some research,
1: now right? You just give it and say bye. You did it. You know I'm long-winded oh, and You know it. I. W- oh, and you I, know did I, did I love this it. stuff. No, I
0: did it. Herb Street would be able to do the Amazon Thursday Night Package and still be on College Game Day and call college football games for ESPN the way his contract is written. It's so, not going to be Herb Street. Well, if Al
1: Michaels ends up on Amazon, he's not. He it's not going to be Herb Street. Al want Al wants a former NFL player to do. I'm gonna be honest with you, dude. That's that guy's always worked with, with top NFL guys. He's probably gonna want an NFL player to do with him. Herb NFL Street's player.
0: such a such a recognizable catalyst. He's done pro games. He's done pro games. I don't him get me Fowler, wrong. Yeah. I already know he's done pro games. Don't
1: don't hit me up. They do play play do play, playoff games. I already know that. I understand that. But what I'm telling you is, is Al Michaels is in his late 70s, dude. I think he's in his eighties, actually. No, he's not there yet. Don't kick him to his eighties yet. Uh, Go ahead, look it up. Be be wrong again for the fifteenth time. in recent history.
0: Uh, I want apology when I'm right this time. Oh yeah, okay. Anyway, he's in his late seventies, and he's not going to be doing. What is he? What is it? Uh, Say it. Well, Say it. I'm just a ra- We'll go back to when I said bye. We're going to delete this part nope. of the podcast. <laughs> How old is he, Trey? 77. Thank you very much. So, yeah. once again, he's in his late
1: 70s. He's not going to be doing this much longer. So, he wants to do it with a guy that has NFL experience. <laughs> and if he goes to Amazon, he's going to want a guy to that to do it with him as his analyst that has NFL experience. So... I will say this much: all this moving around and giving Troy Aikman eighteen million dollars a year, a little more than Romo, and all that kind of stuff. I said it two weeks ago. I'll say it again. It ain't gonna get me to watch Monday Night Football just because Troy Aikman's doing the game. This not, and I'll not be gonna honest, change I'm me. I'm not and, the biggest, and, and, I, and I'm not gonna stop watching Fox because Aikman's not doing a game anymore. Okay, great. Hey, Ken Burkhardt. You're the, you're the number one man now.
0: Greg I'm, Olson. I'm let's big, just, I'm, let's I'm, just move you up on, to the number yeah, one team. I'm
1: big on Burkhart. No, no I... I, Joe I Buck, and, if Joe Buck wants to go to the four-letter network, great. Monday Night Football. But you know what's going to happen? And it ain't changing me. I'm
0: not going to watch it because just Joe and Troy are back together again. Woo-woo. Even though they, they'll go no, no time away from each other. <laughs> They'll just be they'll just be on a different network. I'm not the biggest Aikman guy. I think Buck gets a lot of uh, unwarranted I, hate. Listen, don't on get me wrong. Media. When I watch the game,
1: when I go and watch the game, I enjoy what they bring to the game. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to watch the game because those guys are doing it. And that goes right. for and that goes for Allen, Chris too. Allen, Chris are awesome. I was great for the, on the Super Bowl. He's great. He's awesome. But he's not going to get me to. Go watch a game because of them. It's the game.
0: That is actually going to do it for this week. You sure, uh, you want to be wrong again? I mean, I mean, this might this might be it for this podcast. If if Amazon calls calls me up and offers me the twenty the million voice. dollar. 20 million dollars a, oh, a year the boys, that they the offered Sean McVay.
1: what Troy Downey says.
0: You can't even get my name right. Are you just calling, are you oh, just going they're Troy? gonna call, they're, they're, they're gonna call me Troy just so Al thinks yeah, that want exactly. Al, wa, Al wants a right. Troy? You be Troy. you be Troy, you be Trey Aikman. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it. That's gonna do it for this week's Troy edition.
1: Downey!
0: That's gonna do it for this week's edition of Downey and Martez. He is Len Martez. You can follow him on Twitter at lmart810. I am Trey Down. You can follow me on Twitter at TADExperience. Check out bucksnation.com. As I said, we've got boots on the ground in Indianapolis. A ton of great stuff coming out of the combine. Check out bucksnation.com on a daily basis, multiple times a day, for all of that stuff that's coming out of the combine. And follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at bucks_nation. Until next week. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.